This is firefighter Raphael Poirier reminding you that every day a portion of every Firehouse Subs purchase goes towards helping first responders. Try the new pastrami Reuben, loaded with hot pastrami, sweet and tangy slaw, and melted Swiss. For a limited time, get a medium pastrami Reuben for just $6.39. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time offer at participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase. Dean Heckle, no, no offense, he's not Kings of Leon. What's up, Natalie? How are you? Rachel, good to see you guys. Welcome to the afternoon edition of Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude. Um, yeah, it's never too late for gratitude. So, it's uh, 1 o'clock Pacific. I don't know what time it is where you are. <laughs> yeah, I shaved. I got rid of the bushy beard. I miss it already, though. I feel, I feel so young. <laughs> But now you get to see the amazing skincare I use and how well it works. Rich, good to see you, buddy. Welcome for joining Afternoon Gratitude. Um, so, we have a really fun show. Really quick, uh, I want to give a shout out to the Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spot. Did I say Spotify? Google Play, Stitcher. I need to just write this down. Who wants to produce this show and write things down for me so I can remember where the heck this show is going because it's changing every day. But of course, you can check us out on Facebook and look up Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude. Yes, I know it's in the afternoon. It may even be midnight where you are because we have amazing people all over the world like Lisa Walker from London who's here to hang out with us today. Um, this is fun. This is a fun show for me. I'm, I'm really excited. We tried to do this last week, but, you know, the BeLive boogers showed up and we couldn't get sound. But we fixed that problem because I complained like I was three years old and I just kept saying, you better fix this, you better fix this, you better fix it, and they finally did. So it's 9 p.m. in London right now. That's awesome. All right, listen, guys. We I actually have some an Oklahoma friend on the show today, but before we were friends, I actually got to hear him. Um, it was an event that he put on. I got to hear him speak. And I got to tell you, he can move a crowd. He can move a crowd. And we haven't had the chance of hanging out that much, but I do know him. I know what he's about. And I know how people feel about him. 
um, in the Oklahoma community and really everywhere else he spoke. He's just had a huge impact on so many people's lives. So I'm really excited to have him on the show. Um, so Sean Abinato, I do it right? Abinato. It's okay. It's A-B-B-A-N-A-N-T-O. I wonder where that's from. We'll ask him about that. He speaks for organizations and coaches, people igniting engagement and creating a culture of success. For 20 years, Sean has been helping people and companies engage at the next level. Sean teaches that through embracing the process of growing into the greatness within you, engagement increases and success is discovered. Success can never be attained or maintained without consistent engagement. Why do you think I do 50 shows a day sometimes? Just kidding. But not really. I know sometimes we do three. But that's why. Persistence. and Consistent. Engaging. That's what Sean's all about. Sean uses his 50... Ye- Wait, hold on. I almost said he's been 53 years of experience. Like, he ain't that old. Sean uses his 53 years of this adventure called life to take companies and people to their next level of engagement. Sean understands the power of and the pathway to engagement. From the trenches to the boardroom, he has lived the process and discovered how to create lasting engagement at every level. We're going to ask him about this. His customized, dynamic, and humorous keynotes are highly sought after as individuals and companies look for real solutions to igniting engagement and discovering success. Like, I got to tell you something. Yeah, that's his age, right, Rich? Let me tell you something. He is the real deal. And I, I like to vet people before I have them on the show. And I, I'd like to know that they're real. He is the real deal. And his bio is actually accurate. I didn't read it very well, but it is highly accurate. He, the impact to this day that he's had on people that I know that he spoke to years ago is still lasting. They still talk about it. I mean, he's awesome. He's just an awesome human being. And it's a great pleasure for me to introduce the fellow Oki, Mr. Sean Abinato. What's up, man? What's up, brother? Long time no see. It's been a minute. Well, I mean, it's been a week, technically, but, you know, I couldn't hear your mouth. I I couldn't hear the magic that uh, you were going to communicate with. But welcome to Morning Gratitude, my friends. Great to see you. Man, you know what? I just, I got to take a quick second before we get started and just say how proud of you I am. You know, we go back a few years now, and I've been just sitting back and just watching, watching, watching <laughs> you just do your thing and come into your own. And, you know, I, I saw the potential years ago, and I'll hit on that in a little bit, but, man, I'm just, dude, I'm so happy for you, so proud of you, and, uh, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. And that's the reason I said, hey, I want to come be a part of your world because you're touching lives. You know my thing, and so I'm just glad to be here. Oh, and, and that means a lot to me. I um, it's funny because and just being a hundred percent authentic, I've had to work on my. I left Oklahoma in shame. When I came, I was escaping Oklahoma. Right. And and wait, hold. Well, we'll go back to what you're grateful for. But anyway, <laughs> um, I left in shame. I left. I was running, but I also felt like God was pulling me to California and. You know, L.A. is not what almost killed me. I was, you know, I was killing myself back in Oklahoma, but L.A. Right. just really kind of got me there faster. 
Um, but God, God spared my life. And, um, you know, and it's been this thing for me where I was just really ashamed to go back home for a long time. And then, of course, I got, I turned my life around and, you know, things that I'm still grinding, I'm still fighting, I'm still, you know, very much my eyes on the prize on what God has called me to do. The same thing that he placed on my heart, you know, as a child, just now finally started to step into that. And it's funny how a lot of us run from our purpose for a long time. And all that does is help us create baggage. (laughs) <laughs> and and like you could have made like God's going you could have made it easier on yourself you could have made it easier but a little hard headed let me just hit on a couple of good points there because I like to say it this way sometimes you can run so fast and so far that you discover yourself <laughs> sure. what you did you know um, I want Rich in Jersey to pay attention right now because this will be a beard-related comment. <laughs> um, now, Moses ran over 200 miles, the biblical story of Moses. He ran over 200 miles because he was escaping his past to the point where he said, look, I'm, I'm foreign in this land where I'm at. I don't understand how it works out here. You know me, I lived in L.A. for 11 years, so I understand very well what it's like to go from Oklahoma to La La Land. But the reality is in a distant place, 200 miles away from home, running from who he was, he discovered himself, he discovered his purpose, and then he was called by God to set people free. So, you know, I think, you know, you're kind of like this Moses dude, and you're gonna have to grow the beard back and do some type of a long outfit here, but all of that having some fun to say, you might have ran, but you ran so far, you discovered yourself, your purpose, and you're setting people free and you're helping people grow and go after their dreams. And that's what excites me about where you're at now because that, I say this all the time. Look, that was my then, this is my now. Straight up. You know, I remember when I moved back to Oklahoma and I hadn't seen people you know, 15, 20 years and I went to my 20th high school reunion and, and people would say, yo man, what are you doing now? And I said, man, I'm coaching, I'm speaking, I'm helping people and they would look at me and I'll never forget this one girl took to me and kind of cocked her head to the side like Benji the dog, you know, like, huh? You? <laughs> because she knew <laughs> the old me. She knew the Sean that tried to take a course light tall boy in the fifth hour after lunch in high school because I wasn't done with it yet. Come <laughs> on, somebody. I'm just speaking a little bit, just coaching quick here. She knew the old me, but the reality is that was my then, this is my now. Yeah. I ran too. I ran to New York, L.A., trying to figure it all out, discovered myself in L.A., discovered my purpose in L.A., Now I've been helping people for 20 years. So super proud of you for not quitting, embracing the process, becoming authentic, getting real, embracing that process of growing into the greatness that has always been within you that I saw in 2014. It was there. And let me tell you something else, too. Life is not easy, but it can be simple. When we learn that there's going to be mountaintops and there's going to be valleys, and we just have to keep going. And that's what you did, my brother. And the other thing about that is, in the midst of that, we get thrown some curveballs. And sometimes they're of our own doing, and sometimes they're not. But regardless of that, scars happen. Well, let me tell you something. Most people try to hide from their scars and run from their scars. We cover them up. We put makeup on them. We don't want to talk about them. But scars... Are a sign of healing. Yeah. They're a sign of life. 
they mean we made it. So we have to be willing to show our scars and tell our story, and that's what you do all the time. And that's why I'm so proud of you, because those of us that are willing to show our scars and tell our story, well, we give others hope. We let other people know, hey, if, if God did something with this mess right here, then he can do something with you too. Our mess has become our message. And brother, you know, I'm just proud of you. Look at you, man. You got the rock in the suit today. You got the little pocket hanky rolling. I always wear that. Oh, man. I... <laughs> <laughs> I, but we are always searching for a reason, right? So like, why did my, why did my girlfriend get mad at me and want to like kick my butt? Why did, why did my dog pee on the carpet? Why did, like, we're always looking for a reason why. Well, sure. the beautiful thing is this. You're like, why did this happen to me? Well, you do get to choose to use it for something. You get to use it for good. And look, the circumstances that happen when we're children, look, you, we, we, we have no control over that, right? For the most part. We really have no control over that. But how we end up choosing to deal with that later, and, and if we don't get help, we don't get our, have a voice, we don't learn to speak out and scream for help, if we don't learn to go, hey, I don't like what's happening to me right now. If we don't learn to do that, then it starts to poison our soul, and then all of a sudden, we become the exact person that we didn't like, the person that we hated, the person that, you know, whether it was a parent, a family member, a friend, we become that. And yet at the same time, this is the most magical thing I think about the way God created us is that it's never too late to make that decision to say, okay, you know what? I'm no longer going to live this way. I'm now going to live the way I w I'm going to live my purpose. I'm going to live out what I was created to be. And, and I'm going to use all of this stuff back here. It doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't justify it. But now I'm going to use it to either glorify him. I mean, whatever your beliefs are. But for me, people know where I stand with this. I, I'm going to use this to go, this is what Christ saved me from. This is what I over was able to overcome. And now I'm going to, and then encouraging people to speak their truth because it does, like you said earlier, it does help people go, oh, oh, wait, I can relate to him. And if he can turn his life around, then I can too. Sure. Absolutely. And I totally agree with you, you know, 100%. You know, a lot of people have heard what I'm about to say next, but you know, I remember in 2014 when you were coming to the journey, you know, that little thing we had crop rocking every month in Oklahoma City. And I remember you would come in and you would sit in like the front row. And I looked at you and I said, you know, this cat's got so much potential, but you were at where the rubber meets the road. You were at that crossroads and one of two things was going to happen. You were either going to get bitter or you were going to get better. And I know a lot of folks have, have heard that before. And that's what it really boils down to, you know, our choices affect our chances in life. And yesterday's choices are today's realities. And for some of us, that's a great thing. For some of us, maybe not so much because we're dealing with some stuff. But the beauty of that truth is that today's choices then will become tomorrow's realities. Yeah. So what are we going to choose today that's going to impact our life in every single area? Our relationships, our career, our mental health, our physical body. 
what are we going to choose today? It doesn't matter what we chose yesterday. I understand that's our reality today. But like you said, mentioning baggage, we got to cut that stuff loose. We got to let that stuff go. We got to look in the mirror, forgive ourselves, and move forward and start making small choices which add up to big change. Now, for some of us, you know, my story, I tell my story from the stage. I'm authentic. My parents divorced when I was five. I was molested at six and nine. So my childhood got rocked. This was not what I saw on TV. This was not all the shows I saw about family and how it's supposed to work. What in the world is this thing called life all about? I'm five, six, and nine getting my world rocked. So, you know, I have every justification to act a fool and and act out and, and be an idiot because things happened to me that were not of my choosing. But here's the deal. And I tell this to everywhere, everywhere I go, all over the country, I say, look, it may not be your fault, but it is your fight. Oh, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to choose to fight for today? It may not be your fault that your parents divorced, you got molested, things happened to you, but it is your fight. So rise up, understand there's greatness inside of you. God doesn't make mistakes. No, he He doesn't. doesn't make mistakes. He creates miracles. And there's oh. a miracle inside of people because there's greatness there waiting, boom, to come out of folks. But we have to embrace the process of growing into that greatness. And the reason more people don't do it is because, baby boy, it ain't easy. It takes work. Yeah. And I've seen you working it the last four years. And that's why I sit back and I smile. And I go, get God. He's doing his thing. <laughs> See, work it out. Work it out. Work it out. I mean, you know, that's what it's all about. And that's what I coach people to do. That's what you do. But that's what it boils down to. Little choices adding up to big change. Understanding may not be our fault, but by God, it is our fight. But we're not in it alone because the more that I see we fight for that greatness within us, all of a sudden we start to discover people around us that are doing the same thing. And now we can link arm in arm and fight together. And that's the power of community. I, I, I want to add to that because it's, it's, it, it is so powerful what you just said, but it's so true because it all, it all leads to living your truth and sharing your story because we all have a message that someone needs to hear. Every single person, Jesse Miller on here, our fellow Okie, Bonnie, Elev, Rich, all of you guys like have a story that needs to be heard, your truth needs to be heard by somebody, whether it's one person or a billion. But here's the deal that matters. And you're going, well, I, I, I'm sharing my story. I'm sharing my story. And I'm just like, things are not going right. There is a legitimate situation that I want to talk about. I actually blogged about it yesterday. It's the last chapter of the book that I'm writing is that 98% of the truth is not the truth. When I turned my life around, I, I was sharing 98% of the truth because I was afraid to come out about having HIV. I was afraid to talk about being an abuser. I, 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 and there's no justification for any of the, the actions that I ever had. But the, the craziest thing was I'm like, well, I, wanna, I want to... I want to make sure I'm solid before I come out because like what if I what if what if I'm attacked and I can't handle it and I go back my uh, the other way but the problem was I was actually making my life more miserable by not speaking my truth because I was keeping this secret and also it was keeping me from finishing the book it was keeping me from going I'm ready to go to on TV 
It was keeping me from doing, really stepping into my power. It was forcing me to play small and not fulfill what God created me to be. And here's the consequence of that. Every business deal fell through. Every person I was connected to was not the right person for me. It was frustration after frustration after frustration after frustration. It was not until I made the decision to live my truth 100% that all of the people I needed in my life, the people that were to go with me on my journey, whether it was for a week, a month, 10 years, 100 years, whatever, until I was willing to live in my truth and speak the truth and share exactly what God saved me from. That I, it wasn't until then that I met the people I needed to meet. I got connected to the people I needed to be connected to. And now all of a sudden, the things are, that are unfolding in my life are a miracle. But guess what? I also know I have nothing to do with it. It's all him. Well, here's, here's the beauty thing of what you said. It's probably the first time in your life that you can remember, maybe in a long time or ever, that you went to sleep in peace and you woke up in peace. Oh, what if they find out? What if we find out, like the voices... What are they going to say at you? What are they going to laugh? They're going to laugh at you. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to ridicule you. They're going to like all those voices. Oh my God. Yes. They're going to turn your back on you. I love how you said 98% of the truth is not the truth. And that's so very true. And this is, this is what I work with people on. They say, well, you know, what did you do? What do you do as a coach? I don't understand. I said, my job is your coach because I'm not emotionally attached to your world. <laughs> is, is to reintroduce reality into your perception of reality every week. Mm. Unfortunately for some folks, 98% of their truth isn't even close to the truth. <laughs> so we've got to get there through authenticity, through looking in the mirror and saying, gosh, I need to start with forgiving myself, getting real, getting raw, and not caring about what people think. The most powerful moment in my life, I believe, is when I got to the point that I didn't give a rip what anybody thought about me. I just don't care anymore. I'm here to help people. Here's the thing. There's always going to be 10% of people that are going to be haters. It's just the way it works. They're going to be mad at you for messing up, and they're going to be mad at you for getting right. They're going to be mad at you for doing something about getting right and then helping people by getting right. There's always going to be reason for people that are unhappy with who they are to be unhappy with you. So I don't worry about that 10%. We get authentic, we get sincere, we share our stories, and we don't care about the people that get filtered out because you know what? Somebody else can deal with them. Let's focus on the 90% that do want to hear authenticity. Because you know what? In today's world, reality shows aren't authentic. They're scripted. So anytime someone finds someone that's sincere and authentic with their message, they're drawn to that because it's so hard to find. That amazes me in today's world with technology, where there's access to so many voices attempting to speak a version of the truth, I applaud people that do speak truth and saying, right now in my life, this is where I'm at. This is my reality. This is truth as I know it. But I'm not here to tell you I know everything. I'm here to tell you I know some things, and we'll grow together in this journey. It's hard to find people like that, and, and that's why I reached out to say, man, it's been so long, let's talk, because I see you doing exactly that, saying, look, I know some things, I don't know all things, no. but let's grow on this journey together, and let's go make it happen. Let's not tolerate each other, let's celebrate each other as we discover our dreams and then pursue them and enjoy them and live them. 
So, you know, all that to say, this is fun for me. People better get a sandwich, order some Domino's. We may be here for a while. <laughs> Dom- Come on, man. Domino's? There's got to be better pizza than that in Oklahoma, right? Well, of course. But that was the first thing that came to mind. Oh. See, I'm just being an authentic. <laughs> some popcorn. I ain't gonna lie. Domino's delivers it just sucks. I uh, we're I you know it's funny too. I live in Little Italy in in San Diego, and there is pizza like you wouldn't believe. But I gotta tell you, sometimes the go to is Domino's. (laughs) So that's why you're all Italian today. How you doing? Forget about it. Just talk about some life. Yeah. You know you touched on something else, and that is you got to that point where you had to be authentic. You just had to get it out. One of the things I tell people, that's, that's right, we do need to tell our story. But in the beginning, when we're in recovery, so to speak, I tell people, be very careful who your inner circle is. Don't just share your stuff with anybody because I, I have clients that they get so excited, they go to share their story and they get pushed back from people that are hiding in the shadows, that don't want to be authentic, that don't want to share their story. Yeah. And then people shrink back and go, oh, it didn't work, I got resistance. You know, there's a beautiful book called Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. I would encourage anyone out there listening that if you have not read Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, don't leave right now. Wait till we're done and then go get it and read it. <laughs> I've read hundreds of books in the last 20 years and it's in my top three. Wow. Have you, have you personally read that book? No. Okay, that's my homework to you because I love you. What is now, it? Daring Greatly. Yeah. Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. If anybody, if you guys have read it, say something about it in the comments. Let me tell you this. She says in her book, why are you listening to the people in the stands? They're not in the game with you. They haven't earned the right to speak into your life. Why are we listening to the outside voices tell us what our life is about and what it should be? That's just one little thing to tease everybody. Phenomenal book will get in your grill and challenge you to be authentic and sincere. She studied shame for 10 years and then she wrote about it. It will blow everyone's mind. But that's what it boils down to. Be safe in the beginning with your inner circle. Make sure people have earned the right to hear your story at the deepest and darkest levels. And once you build up, a little bit of strength in telling your story and the freedom and the power that it gives you, then share it outside of the inner circle. Let that radar grow where it touches more people. I mean, when I first started to share my story, I remember the first time I spoke about being molested, I thought I was going to pass out. <laughs> the anxiety from that. Because at the time, I coached Little League basketball. Oh, wow. I was very involved. I thought people were going to pull their kids. You know, I, I'm so scared about what people may think. And I'll never forget the leader of the event where I spoke at coming up to me and says, look, I know so many people that are here and you need to understand that just by speaking out and sharing your story and being authentic, that you put a key in about 50 doors today and unlocked it. And I'm here to tell you, brother, as I've shared my story around the country, I've had so many people come up to me and whisper in my ear, it happened to me too. And I've never told anyone until I'm telling you right now. Standing in a line to say hi to the speaker, a woman in her 70s whispering in my ear, hugging me, tears falling off her face. It happened to me. I've never told anyone. That's the power of what we're doing. That's the power of what we're trying to say here. You You know, know, 
But and, and you're right, and it's also getting to the youth as soon as possible because it's happening to them too. And the more men that come out and speak up and say, "No, I was I was sexually abused too. I was physically abused. This is how it's showing up for me." And the thing is, that it took me a long time. I, I'm a part of the um, I'm in the leadership emotional intelligence group now, ALA in San Diego, and. It's really funny, I didn't know this, but that sexual abuse for me and then the physical abuse, how it shows up for me is actually not in my relationships in love necessarily. It, 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 it comes out in business. It comes out in other ways that is, it affects me. And it's like, a, as it had been a massive blind spot for me that I'm like, why does this keep happening? Why does this keep happening? Yeah. And it's because those things it, you know, I, 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 God, it all seems so complicated, yet it's so simple. But it's so important that we start to speak up about what happened and not in a way of like, it's not like maybe we can't for maybe we're not able to go back and make amends for some people. Maybe, maybe that moment's lost. But just to be able to speak out and talk about it and address it to allow people to come to you, the right people to come to you in a way where they can be there to support you and help you work through it because it is showing up is somewhere in your life in a negative way and you can work on it. You can fix it. You can release it, but you have to identify it first. And if you're not using your voice and you're not speaking up, you know, you're never going to have that opportunity for that freedom. And then you never get to be able to look at it where I can say, I was molested. I can say all of these things that are horrific, whether I inflicted it on somebody or it was inflicted on me. I can now say it in a way where I'm not hiding from the words as they come out. I can say it, stand in that power and use it as a way to empower other people. And here's the thing. That's not exclusive to me. That's not exclusive to Sean. That's ex- that's for all of us. All of us. And we get to do that. But we have to make that decision. We have to make that Absolutely. choice. Absolutely. And, and I think one thing that you've experienced and I've experienced is what once had power over us. What once used to leak into all these areas of our lives that we didn't realize it was leaking into. See, I thought in my life it was just a promiscuity as a young man that it, that, that it created in me. Mm-hmm. But oh, it was like it was so, so much more because we become identified with a moment. And then the self-worth or lack thereof that gets created in a moment affects business, relationships, everything, even physical health, I and mean, all of the above. The, the, the ceiling and the limiting beliefs it creates that keep us from success. There's so many things that happen in these moments, but like I say, I think it's a good idea to look back briefly, look back for a moment to, to recognize. But I like to say it this way, you know, there's a rear view mirror that's there for a purpose. It's to see what's behind, but we're not to drive the car that way. Because if we keep looking back, we're going to end up in a ditch. We can't focus so much on the past that it wrecks us in our future. So it's okay to glance back. But then we have to look forward to vision and passion and dreams and, and discovery. Uh, my good friend Tim Story says it this way. You can be in recovery and discovery at the very same time. Ooh. And that's very true. We glance back, but then we go from recovery to discovery quickly. And most of our time is spent in discovery because in discovery, 
and of who we are. I say it this way. You know, there's an old saying from Mark Twain that says the two most important days of your life are the day you're born and the day you discover why. Oof. And that's a pretty powerful statement. But I believe this. The most important day in your life is really if you discover who you are. Who am I? Because once we discover who we are, all the questions that all of us ask, why am I here? You know, am I called to do something? All those questions will naturally get answered. But there's so much pain that so much people are experiencing that it's tough for them to, to not only go into recovery, but much less discovery. But I did a video on pain the other day on Facebook, and this is what I said. With pain, it's okay to look, right? It's okay to look back for a moment so that we can learn. So first we look, and then we learn. And what we learn from, from that pain, from that moment, we then apply it to our lives so that we can then go live at a different level. So many people look, and they stay there. Or they learn from it, but they never apply it. So we've got to look, learn, and then live at a whole nother level. And that's what you're doing. That's what I've been doing for a long time. That's what we love to see people grow into is this next level of living, authentic, experiencing life, living life in the moment, not day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, but moment-to-moment. I had one client came through so much pain. I'll never forget the day she called me and said, I remember the other day in our session where you said, when was the last time you just stopped and watched a butterfly? Like we did as a kid. We'd watch them for a few seconds. Sometimes we chased them. We'd <laughs> so busy with life. I don't have time for a butterfly. I'm too busy wearing big pants and big dresses, being a big deal with all these responsibilities. She said, I did it. I was walking to get my mail and I just stopped. And I watched this butterfly, and I just felt so engaged in life. It's That's like everything so... went from black and white to color, and I could just, life was like, whoosh. It was like this whole other thing. She goes, oh. I get it now. I get it now. Hold on a second. That's what I want to see happen for people. Uh, Bonnie loves butterflies. The reasons we listen to people's negativity towards us, it's because we are part, we in part believe in it. Rich said, it's not okay to be... It's okay not to be okay. That is freedom. Uh, Bonnie, I don't know what your question is, love. You're just going to have to ask it again. And Joshua Dowling, another Oklahoman. Uh, consistent engagement ensues. Consistent results. Absolutely. Brian uh, Dunn, world's greatest musician. Uh, not musician. Magician. I feel you. Trepidation of judgment of past actions. And uh, do you know Jesse Miller? Why do I know that name? He's right there on the screen. Do you know him? He's an Oki too. He's a CEO business coach. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. If you guys don't know each other, you make sure you connect. He's a good dude. I met him in Las Vegas, and uh, he's a solid guy. Solid guy. Um, Sean, how did you... So there's a lot of people listening, and I'm not going to call out anybody names because I know some of them personally that have dealt with sexual abuse in their life. Um, how did you make that shift where it was no longer limiting you? It was never giving you those, you know, the, the limiting beliefs. It was no longer troubling your, the current relationships. When did, were you able to get rid of that? And then how did you do it? Okay. Well, first of all, let me say 
as I already stated, happened first at age six. Right. And so for the next 25 years, I was silent about it. No one knew. Not, not my parents, not my friends, not you know the girl I was dating. No one knew. And then there just came a point in time, I was in L.A., putting my life back together. I was going from recovery to discovery. I was walking it out, embracing that process. I started, you know, we talked about earlier, right? Small choices add up to big change. I was reading books for the first time since I was in high school. I was investing in myself, which always pays off. Sure. I quit watching TV to watch TV. I started listening to speakers that were speaking life into me. So what happens is, is we start to have that shift between the ears and the mindset. I started to believe what these people were saying, what I was reading, life could be possible for me. And so after doing that for a little over a year, there came a moment where I just said, I have to speak it out. I have to give a voice to the shadows in my life. And so I remember it was an opportunity to have an open mic moment to share something. And I went up, and the funny thing is, in that moment, I was gonna talk more about the, the, the power of isolation and how you have to stay away from it. And as I started to talk about isolation and what happens when we isolate, it started to come up and I just couldn't stop it. And I finally said, there's a secret I've been keeping for 25 years. And that at the age of six, someone that was entrusted to take care of me, a babysitter, molested me. And I can't tell you in that moment, it felt like chains broke off. It felt like freedom hit me and filled me. And there was a power. And it wasn't that I wasn't trembling in my boots, but I like to say it this way. Do it trembling if you must, but do it. But when I spoke it out, there was something about life that hit me and I went, Huh, now there was still a little fear. What are people going to think about me? They're going to label me. They're going to you know, not want to be my friend. They're going to pull their kids off my basketball team. All those fears hit. But how many times in life have we discovered that 98% of what we worry about never comes to pass? I had so many people come up and say, happened to me too. Thank you for sharing. You know, And I just continued to give voice to it. And as a speaker, I was a new speaker at the time, I just looked for ways to safely work it into my messages. And then it became actually a tool, a weapon to access the hearts and minds of people. Because if I was willing to stand up in front of 2,000 people and say, I come from a broken home and I was molested at the age of six, and I follow that bit of information from one of my favorite stories about being a kid and, and chasing dreams and all that, and then I follow it up with that. Man, it sucks the air out of the room, and then I've got everybody's attention. Now, most of the women in the room are going, he's one of us. <laughs> so there's an instant connection through that authenticity of me willing to show my scars. Here it is right here. Let me show you my scar on my heart. And now can we talk about your scars? Yeah. So for me, it was about speaking it out, but behind closed doors, working it out. Reading, praying, listening to CDs, cassettes. I just became all about growth. 
I created a growth mindset. I had to be growing every day because I felt like now I'm in my 30s. I, I wasted my 20s partying and playing. I've got to catch up. There was this urgency in me that I had to make a difference. I had to create something that was going to help people and create legacy. So for me, it was speaking it out publicly and working it out private. I love it. Um, are you? So have you written a book yet? It seems like you wrote a book. I'm in the middle of writing the very first one, yeah. Yeah, because you've got a lot of stories, like really powerful stories. And of course, your experience as being a speaker is yeah. a, worth a book in itself. The, the book I'm writing, I, I won't share too much, but it's about embracing the process of growing into the greatness within you. Because in today's world with technology, everybody's used to the shortcuts, right? I can carry a phone that I needed 18 things to do the same stuff with, you know, 15 years ago, right? I know it's awesome. And fax machine and everything. <laughs> now it's all in my phone. <laughs> so we've gotten away from process. We don't want process anymore. We want to take the elevator of life and just get to the penthouse right away. You look at music and media and film and TV, it's all about get yours right now. Very few people talk about process. And so I started teaching a message 20 years ago, in 1998, the first time I taught this message on process. And I knew there was going to be a book come out of it, but the reality is I had to live the next 20 years of that process to be at this point in time to be able to finish the book. So my goal is to have it finished and out this year. Excellent. Yeah, and, and you're right. There is something, there's something to say about the process and the journey and appreciating it and being able to work for it, understanding the highs and lows. Like when it's just handed to you, I got to tell you, I if if somebody, I remember the moment because I, you know, me having a radio show was ever is is still everything to me. I I, I dreamed about it as a kid, having a talk show on television is everything. And when I first started, and it started on my phone, and then over a few months, and all of a sudden these opportunities popped up, and and then all of a sudden I'm on the radio, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, it's really <laughs> happening, and I was emotional about it, but right. then over the weekend, taken away, I got fired, like fired on my day off, and and I'm going, oh my gosh, like what is going on? And like, I, I thought I was doing the right thing. And next thing I know I'm fired. Like what is, like what is going on? And it helped me appreciate the opportunity even more, but also just how delicate, like how really we aren't in control. And then of course I was like, you know what? I'm not letting this stop me. I'm gonna keep going. And then it really things started to happen and, and I'm not, and I'm still, and I'm now in a position where it's like, hey, it's growing every week. This is amazing. But now I also know that I'm sitting here still looking at this peak of where I want to be going, man, it's a long way down here. It's a long way up there. Get, we get to go to work. And, it, and it, there's an appreciation and love that I have for the process because here's the thing. I think I know, and I know for sure God knows, that the minute I get there, I'm going to be like, okay, now what? Because the journey well, is really where all the fun is. That's, that's where it's at. And the thing about it is, is, is when you embrace the journey, then the mountaintops where they're beautiful and awesome to visit, they don't keep you so in awe that you forget to do the work. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with Tim Grover. 
Um, Tim Grover is an awesome speaker. He was he back in the day. He was a trainer and he trained Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. He yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking circuit now and he's killing it. You know, he was just talking about the other day where you know the, what made MJ so good was he didn't just play the games hard. He did everything hard. He embraced the process. I mean, in practice, he went as hard as he did in the games. He just—he was always 100%, man, ready to roll. And I think when we approach our process like that, then you get where you enjoy it. Let me tell you something. I, I love playing basketball. I, I played yesterday. I hate lifting weights. <laughs> but I've embraced the process because I can't have a million-dollar lifestyle and a 10 cent body. I can't have a million dollar company on a 10 cent body because I'm going to break down from the good stress and the good pressure of running something that's that powerful. Straight up. So we have to embrace the process. And so I embrace it. I go, I throw my headsets on and I, I get into it. We find ways to make it easier. Music is the only thing that gets me through lifting weights because I'm just beyond boring to me. Um, but all of that to say, it's when we learn to embrace it and enjoy it. And, you know, I, I liked it this way. I was praying one time about some stuff and, and I was pretty upset because I was like, God, I don't get it, man. I just want some peace right now. And I was standing in my apartment in LA and I just raised my hands and I said, I want some peace. And no peace came. And I thought, this must not be a good spot. So I scooted over two feet, tried it again. I want some peace. <laughs> Nothing. And what I felt like God spoke to me in, my, in that moment is, look, Sean, it's not going to get any easier than right now. You're a single guy in an apartment that's rent controlled. Come on, somebody, in L.A. What's going to happen Ooh. when you have the family you're praying about? What's going to happen when you have the business that you're praying about? What, what's going to happen when I give you all that? And I never, and I, you know, because it was one of those moments where I was melting down. I had the tears rolling, and, you know, when the tears get rolling, the nose says, oh, there's a party, so you got snot going everywhere. It was one of those moments in life where you're all alone, and you're crying out for something. But when he said that to me, everything dried up, and that Italian side came out. That, that fighter in me rose up and said, okay, then show me how to do this thing at the next level. Mm-hmm. Here it is. You know, 20-something years later from that moment, and you know what? It never got easier because the responsibilities grow and the pressure grows. But you know what? I like life at the next level compared to what I was living before. Damn right. And, and just to jump in here, on, on, I want to make sure on, on Bonnie's comment that we, we handle that. You know, it's, because there were times where she says here, what about people that label you as being negative and don't want to be your friend? Well, you know what? There were people that labeled me as being too real, too authentic, too negative. You know what? Bye, Felicia, you gotta go. Because I don't have time for that 10%. I'm gonna focus on the people that are gonna celebrate me, not tolerate me. They're gonna celebrate my journey and embracing the process, not just tolerate me. If you have people like that in your life, cut them loose. Well, that's cruel. No, it's, no, it's not. not, baby. You got one life, and you got to live it to the fullest. That's so right. So along the way, you're going to see a lot of folks that fall to the wayside, and that's okay, because they will be replaced with people that track with you, that celebrate you, that will build you up, not tear you down, and that's who we have to have in our life to stay in the groove, growing, embracing the process, discovering greatness, 
and really understanding what life is truly all about. I agree, man. Listen, I um, I have another appointment I need to go to, but I, okay. I would love. We'll keep going. Oh, you gotta go. Okay. No, I need to go. But listen, I want you back. I want to get you scheduled in the normal normal nine o'clock hour when I have an hour scheduled to do the show. I actually went over seventeen minutes and I'm late. So <laughs> I enjoyed this, Sean, and oh. you're you're welcome back anytime, my friend. It is a it's just an absolute blessing to have you on the show. Um, you you were incredible, and I'm just very very grateful that you ha- you gave me the time and your patient after what happened last week with the the no sound yeah. thing. <laughs> well, brother, I'm so proud of you, Thank and you. keep doing your thing. I am cheering you on. Anytime you hear a weird sound, that's probably me from Oklahoma yelling out my window. But <laughs> keep doing your thing. Uh, next time I'm on the West Coast, we'll definitely try to hook up. Um, yeah, let's do it again. You let me know. You know, I'm here for you. We'll hook it up. We'll touch some people. We'll make some changes. So just do your thing. Keep dreaming big. All right, bro? All right, man. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You bet. We'll Thanks, Sean. Bye-bye. All you people to watch, keep doing your thing. Peace out. Bye. See you guys. Um, all right, listen. So really quick, I want to give a shout-out to the King and Abraham. Um, King, I, I just had the privilege of leaving their office. And if, you were, if you've ever been to San Diego, I'm sure you know who King is. Uh, one of the most amazing, well-respected attorneys in, in really in the country. But I want to give a shout out to them because they were absolutely incredible. I had to go do some business there. Um, they are doing big things in the community. I want you guys to check out Alumni United. Just check out, um, yeah, like Alumni United. Google that. Um, and then, of course, the San Diego Kings basketball team. They are, uh, him and Abraham are part of their owners of that team. And then, of course, if you're ever, ever in need of an attorney in San Diego or anywhere near this, I do recommend the King. I, I just had the most profound meeting with them before we did the show. You guys, again, the real deal. And you guys, please also check out Sean. Like, pay attention to what Sean is doing. Absolutely incredible human being, as you could tell. If you're just joining the show, Watch the replay, please, because he's incredible. And so everybody on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, iTunes, all you guys listening, um, you can check out the comments and see what this is all about. You can see Sean, but just look him up. Absolutely amazing human being. Uh, God bless all you guys. Thank you so much for the support, and we'll see you very, very soon. Bye-bye. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier reminding you that every day a portion of every firehouse subs purchase goes towards helping first responders. Try the new pastrami Reuben, loaded with hot pastrami, sweet and tangy slaw, and melted Swiss. For a limited time, get a medium pastrami Reuben for just $6.39. Firehouse subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time offer at participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase.